Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian. Gregory. We have a queen on the show with us tonight. Yes, we do. We have a <laughs> pop icon. <laughs> Brian, I don't know if you saw her picture on the front of Blog Talk's website. She looks yeah. like she's about 22, 23 maybe. <laughs> Is that what you saw? You saw it too? It's yeah. just, we, we girls love when you say those things. You know that. <laughs> you know what? You, you look younger now. Well, um, okay. I'm, I'm very happy to know that. <laughs> I've been uh, taking very good care of myself, yes, so you there have. you go. Yes, you have. And All right. Uh, one thing that I can say is, you know, the times that I've spoke with you, every time you're so enthusiastic and you're upbeat and you're just full of energy and it just sounds like you're loving life, and that's what that's what's so important. But I, I want to say this, Brian. We're going to talk about uh, diabetes tonight. Yes. And um, I, I met a gentleman today in the gym, uh-huh. and he was telling me about his mother, uh, had both of her legs uh, amputated and oh. yeah yeah and she and she did pass and yes 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 she did pass and it was a it was a sad thing but it was so amazing that he would come out with that today but we want to formally introduce you Miss Loring and Brian I'm gonna let you go ahead and you can do that yes I was gonna say we we got so excited to have her on the show we didn't formally introduce her <laughs> the nice guess is. Actress, author, entrepreneur, and just all around, just awesome person. Yeah, Gloria Loring. <laughs> well, bless you. I'm, I'm going to have you write my website. <laughs> he can do it. He can do it. He definitely I can love do it. that. So that's great. <laughs> I bet you can. Miss <laughs> Loring, it, it's so it's so amazing uh, with all of the things that you have on your plate, and I and I see that you are the spokesperson for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Is that for children or is that for adults? Or well, the juvenile di- juvenile diabetes is a kind of diabetes that's also called now type 1, and it is the kind that most people get before the age of 30, but of course those children do become adults sooner or later, and so, um, you know, the, the solutions that Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation is finding uh, are for everyone with diabetes because the complications, whether you have type 1, which is a severe form of the disease, it means from the beginning you have to take insulin shots. Whether you have that or you have type 2, where you can usually take some medication at first and then kind of go along and maybe, maybe someday you have to take shots, whichever form of diabetes you have, the complications are still the same, especially if it is uncontrolled diabetes or higher, you, your blood sugars are just running too high over a long period of time. And unfortunately, one of the complications you mentioned is loss of limbs. And it's so sad because we know now more and more all the time that that doesn't have to happen. Now, there are no guarantees, of course, but we know that the better care you take of yourself along the way, the better chance you have of avoiding those complications, the onset um, or, or delaying the onset and making them much milder. So, you know, it is important for people to get good care. Yeah. Now, Ms. Loring, would you say that 
would you believe that the reason that we have so many more people with juvenile diabetes is because we eat a lot more sugar than we used to? I mean, everything that that's, that's out there now is just loaded with sugar. Well, okay, juvenile diabetes is not caused by, by eating sugar. Uh-huh. Uh, it, 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 no, juvenile diabetes has to do with um, a, a genetic predisposition, which sounds very fancy, but <laughs> it basically means that you inherited a tendency to get diabetes. Now, we know that not everybody who inherits that tendency actually gets the diabetes. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting, as scientists are trying to find out why. So that's type 1 diabetes. That's the insulin-dependent, you have to take your shots, etc. Type 2 diabetes is the type that comes on, and it can be hereditary, genetic predisposition. You You can be normal weight and wind up getting type 2 diabetes. But more likely that you are going to be overweight, you're going to get it later in life unless you are really overweight. And we are seeing now, unfortunately, now we come to what you said. It's not just eating sugar, it's eating fats. It's eating too many processed carbohydrates, white flour, white sugar, these empty calories that put on the pounds because the weight itself, the fat itself that we pack on if we're not careful, uh, just one second, let me grab something here. Okay, sorry. The, the fat itself produces a hormone. Now, this is interesting. We think of fat as something that just, oh, I, you know, I've got 15 pounds to lose or I've got 20 pounds or whatever. We think of it as a benign sort of thing, but actually in the body, the fat itself becomes a hormone-producing organ. And the hormone it produces interferes with the usage of insulin in the body. Mm. That's what causes, if you get enough weight on you, Mm -hmm. it is pretty likely you're going to wind up with diabetes. Now, could you possibly lose the weight and, you know, get rid of the diabetes? Yes, that is possible. And, And very often that happens for people that they they lose quite a lot of weight. I've, I've met quite a number of people who do they have done that. And now they still have to be careful about what they eat right. um, after they lose the weight because there is that tendency now for the body to have this happen. But uh, it, it absolutely is possible for them to lose the weight and restore the body to normal functioning, which means... Now, so just so people understand... Insulin in a normal body is a hormone that's produced by the pancreas. And you think of insulin like the key that unlocks the door to the cells, all right? Right. That when you eat any food, every food, all the foods you eat, is broken down into its elements. And one of them is a form of energy, which will be a simple sugar. And this, this will need to get into your cells so you can have energy. And the insulin has to be present for the, um, these sugars, these products, to get into the cells to nourish the body. When there isn't enough insulin present, either because there's so much extra weight that you're actually, this hormone is getting in the way of using the insulin, it's called insulin resistance, or your pancreas has stopped creating enough insulin for your needs, which is type 1 diabetes, 
or there's actual damage to the pancreas, either one of them, there's not enough insulin. So instead of getting into the cells, the sugars that have been broken down from your food stay in the blood. Now, sugar is not supposed to be in the blood past a certain level. And when it is, it causes damage. And what it causes damage to is it mucks up all the blood vessels and little tiny capillaries, and it thickens the walls. It forms a kind of super glue. It combines with proteins. The sugar combines with proteins and creates a kind of, you know, I mean, if you've ever let, let like, um, flour and sugar and water paste mm-hmm. harden, <laughs> you know, it creates a kind of plaque. Right. And this plaque, and the reason that people lose their limbs or go blind from diabetes is because this plaque is now in getting into the little capillaries and it's shutting down the blood supply. Or it's bursting the little capillaries and you get bleeding in the eye. And once that happens, there's, there's not a whole lot can be done. So prevention is very important. Um, there are some surgeries that, that there are some eye surgeries that can help. Um, my son has had diabetes for 28 years. I was going to ask you that. Yeah, I was going to ask you about yeah. that. Yeah. Brennan was diagnosed when he was four years old. He's had type 1 diabetes for 28 years. Um, he is has had a little bit of what they call background retinopathy, the retina in the eye. He had a little bit of difficulty back there, and they were able to go in and with a laser seal off the little blood vessels that were just starting to cause some problems. Now, because they sealed them off, he's not going to get the bleeding in the eye, but he has to go at least every year to check on his eyes and see if any more of this is developing so that they can get to it before it causes a problem. This is like, you know, having going to your doctor and getting your blood pressure checked so before you have the stroke, you know, so that you can head it off at the pass. Right. Same thing with diabetes, keeping in touch with your doctor, knowing what your blood sugars are, keeping them as close as possible to the normal range, losing the weight, which is impeding the usage of insulin in the body. Because, you know, when you think about it, is it, you know, is it a pain an aggravation to be so disciplined every day and eat your meals on time and eat healthy and everything else. But I got news for you. Being blind is a much bigger pain. Losing your legs is a much bigger pain. Right. Absolutely. And there is no freedom without discipline. And if your body needs special attention, the sooner you give it to the body, that attention that it needs, the more likely you're going to have the freedom to live your life the way you want to and be able to go and, you know, you're going to enjoy your children. I mean, when I sing, I know that there are certain things I have to do the day I have a performance. I have to get enough rest. I have to have enough quiet. I have to warm the voice up. I have to live a very disciplined life leading up to that performance. Probably two weeks before, I start rehearsing every single day songs that I've I've known and sung for 20, 30 years, I start rehearsing them. So I live a very disciplined life because when I get on that stage, I want to have complete freedom to enjoy what I'm doing. And we enjoy watching you do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Yes, Ms. Long, I want to ask you, when the doctor told you that your son was diagnosed with this, what what did you think? Did you think that it was something that 
you did wrong or or Oh, you know, I think those things, I think some, you know, some thoughts of guilt. Did I do something wrong? Maybe I could have done something better. Um, Why didn't I see it sooner? Why didn't I, you know, I mean, there are those things. uh, Well, fortunately, we caught it in time, and, and we took care of him. We got him into a hospital. We got his blood sugar under control. Um. You know, I didn't lose my son because of the diabetes, right. so so that's wonderful, and, and I'm so grateful. Um, I had, after my son was diagnosed, and we did a diabetes storyline on Death of Our Lives, I got a letter from a woman who just poured out her heart to me because she lost her three-year-old in the lobby of the hospital. Wow. They had ta- the child died from undiagnosed diabetes. They thought she just had the flu and, you know, the doctor didn't recognize the symptoms and the child was gone. And the mother was just bereft, of course, of course, you know. And, And so fortunately... I still have my son, and all these years later, he's he's married now. They're expecting their first baby. Mm-hmm. So, you know, diabetes can be lived with successfully. It takes effort. It takes education. It takes monitoring. Um, I have another friend who's had diabetes now for 43 years. She has no complications from diabetes whatsoever. She is perfectly healthy. She does everything she wants to do. And you know what? When she was nine years old, when she was diagnosed, she made the decision that she was going to do whatever it took to take care of herself because she didn't ever want anybody to say, you can't do this because you have diabetes. Wow. And you know, the thing about it, especially in the African-American community, is that a lot of diabetes goes undiagnosed until, you know, the later stages when, you do have the complications like the loss of limbs and so forth. And yeah, I know. It, it, it's just, it's, it, and, and you know, in, in the Indian, Native American Indian community also, uh-huh. um, or Native American is more appropriate, um, in the Native American community also the same issue. Um, Hispanic community. My sister um, has a Hispanic advertising agency with her husband, mm-hmm. and um, so they see, they're, and they're working with a couple of healthcare organizations, and they have projected forward that in X number of years, and I've forgotten how many, one out of every two Hispanics in the United States will have diabetes. Wow. That's just, that is just profound. Because what, what has been happening is they come here, whether legally or illegally, you know, I mean, there's all this right. debate about that. But, but they come here from Mexico. And when they're in Mexico, they lived closer to the land. They had their tortillas, they had their beans, they had their rice, very high-fiber foods, very staple foods. Um, now they come here, and McDonald's, well, you know, the fast food stuff is very cheap. <laughs> Right. Comparatively. And so they start feeding their kids that stuff with the supersized drinks, mm-hmm. and these children are obese. They're, they're getting huge. And it's just, and you know, it's so hard on a child. Um, their mental health, uh, their emotional health suffers because they're teased. 
um, there's so many things that go wrong. They're more prone to heart disease for the rest of their life, stroke, um, you know, diabetes if they're, if they're overweight. You know, all of these things that are just are, are being forecast now as we go forward, and it's, it's really, really scary. So I think the more we can take care of ourselves and make a commitment to ourselves, I would say to people who are listening out there, to take a look at how they're living their life. If you're a, a mom, dad, a grandma, a grandpa, take a look at how you're, what kind of example you're setting for your children. I mean, if someone said to you, because of the way, if, if you could see forward and see because of the way I'm eating and feeding my children, um, I'm helping them be dead 10, 15 years younger than they should be. Wow. I'm helping them get heart disease. I mean, no parent would logically do that. You know, they would say, oh, well, no, I'm not going to do that. And yet we are doing it. Wow. We're, not, we're not practicing moderation. You know, people, especially in the South, used to live off the farms. They had the collard greens and the this. And, and yes, they had higher fat diets, but they were working the land. Yeah. They were out with the, you know, out with the mule and the plow, and they were working hard, and they were putting in ten days of, ten hours a day of hard physical labor. So all of that was being, those calories were being used up. Well, we're eating like that still, except we're eating foods that are even less nutritious, with more calories, mm-hmm. but we're not working it off. Yes, you know what? That's the thing. Um, the kids these days, all they want to do. And I'm not beating up on the kids, but I want to say that the kids are not as active as they used to be. Everybody now is sitting around playing the games on the television, and they're sitting and they're eating all of this, these, these fatty foods and all this sugar. And, and like you said, no one is really paying attention. I guess the parents figure as long as they're in their room, they're okay. But it's really uh, causing a lot of harm to the children. Well, it's very, very difficult, and I think we have to, you know, we have to be compassionate as well as encouraging to parents. So many parents are working very long hours. They're driving long distances. You know, they've got an hour carpooled or commute either way. Right. Um, both parents are working. We don't have as many a parent in the home after school. Um, so therefore, the kids aren't free to go and play outside because there isn't somebody to watch. They come home and you have to stay in the house and, you know, you watch TV and, you know, stay in the house where we know where you are and I'll call you. And, and whereas kids used to be out on the street playing. And it's interesting. I, I read a statistic the other day that we were so concerned about abductions and all of this. And, you know, I mean... We have how many, what, 300 million people almost in this country or something like that? Mm-hmm. And, and every once in a while, one of these things happens out of 300 million, and we feel like, well, that person could be right next door to us, you know, today. And yet, actually, statistically, there are no more abductions now, no more of those kinds of things now with children, those kinds of terrible incidences, than there were 50 years ago. Mm, But what's happening is we're seeing them on the national news. And so they feel so close to home. And, and of course, parents have to be attentive and and careful and protect their children. And I I don't know what the solution is for communities. There's so many communities where there isn't enough fresh food. 
every you know the local stores there's seven eleven which everything is canned yes everything comes in a can they don't have hardly any fresh apples or and we know or, how nutritious that is <laughs> yeah really you know so it's I think it's something that the communities and parents. Everyone, we all have to start working together. I think a great place, uh, from what I've heard, um, is ch- the churches are starting to, to encourage people to live a healthier lifestyle because, you know, this is God's temple, we're told. Right. The kingdom of heaven is within. Well, hello, who lives there? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and are we, are we keeping the temple fit and clean, you know? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Are we are we getting it you know spackled and painted and <laughs> spiffed up with the latest and greatest? Um, you know we can't pursue the great work we can do in this world, raising our children beautifully and and being a part of our community if we're not healthy. I mean this is our vehicle, and if you wear it out and you wreck it, you've got nowhere else to live. Hmm. So that's that's what I I try to encourage people. I've I've tried to be a role model to my kids. I've I've been involved with a good nutrition and and been conscious of that all my adult life. Uh, my dad was pretty pretty much that. He taught me to cook when I was a kid, and you know. So I, I think we just have to do whatever we can. But it start, begins with a commitment to ourselves. And if we start to change, the people around us will note that. Um, if we start to eat, it doesn't have to be 100% perfect, but a little healthier, a little more fruits and vegetables, less fried things, get away from those sugary drinks, you know, just, and, and say to your kids, you know what, I love you enough, I want you to be healthy. Yeah. And, and you set parameters with them, don't run into the street and get hit by a car. Well, excuse me, don't get hit by diabetes by gaining 50 extra pounds on a 10-year-old. You know, I want to make a comment on that, too. And this is really the dilemma that a lot of people in the lower socioeconomic backgrounds have. You know, we we want them to eat healthier, but what we found is eating healthier costs more. Because you it can does the, a little bit. You know, it does a little bit. And how much do the doctor appointments cost? How much well. does illness cost? Hello, we we have a tendency in this country. You know, look, I'll just throw this out there because I got to go in just a minute. But we're gonna we're gonna continue. I got to come back. We got to talk some more. <laughs> unfortunately, today wound up being a busy day. But I'll give you an example. In in Britain, I don't know that it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Nothing is perfect for heaven's sakes. But especially when it's completely communal. But they have health care for everybody. Yeah. And you know how they got health care? They figured out that when they wanted to, they could spend billions on war, but they couldn't spend billions to keep their people healthy. They couldn't commit to their own friends and neighbors and family to help them stay healthy, but they can spend the money to go out and kill other people, to wage war. So we have to look at what our priorities are. We spend billions to take care of people after the fact, once they're on dialysis. Mm-hmm. I mean, the people on dialysis, which is kidney dialysis, because the kidneys wear out if you don't take care of diabetes, mm-hmm. um, the people, it's billions of dollars every year is spent on kidney dialysis. Wow. The wow. cost of diabetes care is huge, and yet we know that there are things that for some people can prevent diabetes. Proper education, proper nutrition, appropriate health care help. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So where is our commitment in this country? Where is our commitment? We can go off and we can spend billions around the world to do other things for other people, but, you know, what is it? Charity begins at home. (laughs) Charity being compassion, kindness, um, love. Charity means love in the Bible. That's right. It means love, love for our own people. That's right. And and hopefully that that change is starting to come, and I'm I'm hoping it is. I'm hoping we're going to turn the tide. And we can't wait for the government to do this for us. Everything great that's ever happened in this country has come from a groundswell from the people, from grassroots up, the civil rights movement, women getting the vote, all of these great achievements that we have seen that turned the tide and transformed this country and took it to the next level. It's because people said, enough, we're changing it now. Absolutely. Ms. Loring, we know you have to go. We want to briefly uh, give you an opportunity to talk about your book and where everyone can get it from and just briefly talk about some of the things that you're involved in right now. Well, uh, the book is called uh, Living with Type 2 Diabetes, Moving Past the Fear. One of the things that happens when people are diagnosed with diabetes is it seems so overwhelming that they're not sure how to proceed or what they should do, or, and it seems like more than they can possibly handle. And so I give them a lot of good information, a lot of encouraging stories of people just like themselves who figured out how to, how to manage diabetes and the things they did and the strategies. Um, I'm in the middle of writing actually a spiritual musical right now um, that will be a performance piece. And I'm doing speaking engagements. I'm leaving uh, on Friday morning for um, South Carolina and Philadelphia for some engagements uh, for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. And also um, I'm attending a big conference and speaking and singing for the National Disease Research Interchange. Brian, we so, need to get tickets to that, Brian. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a private event for the scientists, and I'm I'm there to let them know we're we're real proud of what they're doing, and to just talk about um, how how we believe in them, and we're we're right there for them. So, yeah. um, so life is good, and I'm just down in Palm Springs at the moment, and I've got to got to run to a meeting. But but yeah. Gregory and Brian, we'll have to do this another time, and yes, we will. maybe if there are things that you think that that we can talk about some more, or if you get any calls or feedback from people who have questions and we can take it to the next level the next time we talk. Yes, we will. I have, yes, we, I have your number and you have mine and uh, I'll definitely be getting in, get in contact with you so we can schedule you to come back on. All right. And uh, there's there's music and all kinds of fun stuff on the website, GloriaLoring.com. And um, I'll just say to folks out there, thank you so much, all of you who bought my son's records, Robin Thicke, who had such a great year in the R&B division. Yeah, and you know <laughs> he what? He got the I'll... R&B charts for like 12, 12 weeks, and uh, he's just getting ready to, to uh, release the new CD. He's working wow. on it right now. And you know what? I have to say this, and I've, I've been waiting for two weeks to say this. Ms. Lauren, we would be lost without you. <laughs> Bless you. Love without you. I love that song. Isn't that yes, sweet? Yeah, yes, anyway, all right. I'm going to run. We're going to talk again. Okay. Thank you so much for the, for what you're doing to bring good information to people. It's yes. so wonderful, and we we need it. We need all the all the encouragement we can get. Yes, we thank do. you. Thank you so much. And we thank you all again right. for coming on. My pleasure. We'll talk again. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Miss Gloria Lauren. 
<laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. So, Brian, I tell you, uh, a lot of information was given out tonight. And you know what I got from her was this, this one thing. We are our own biggest investment. Yes. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. You know, that was one of the things that when she said it, I was just like, wow, you know, that's so true. Because, you know, we spend thousands, well, actually billions of dollars. I think I read the other day that um, it was $21 billion being spent a month in Iraq. And I'm thinking, what? And you know what? That's with the government. Now, let's look at what we're spending in our own homes. Where where are we where are we what are we doing with our own money? I guarantee you can go in your closet, you'll still find some things with some tags on it. And Brian, I'm not saying that you're that that they're just women things most of the time it is, but it's just you know I don't want to get into trouble, but a lot of times uh, we spend we waste our money on things, and when it's time to go to the doctor, like Miss Loring said, we we complain about how much it's costing for a doctor's visit. You know, and also the fact that doctor's visits are so much, you know, they're not cheap. You know, and then, and I think part of it is that, like she said earlier, we we focus on getting them well versus keeping them healthy. Yes. Yes. Look at the kids. If you look at the kids these days, you can just look at them, and you can see. Brian, you and I, we when we coach football together. Mm-hmm. For a long, long time, the kids were so out of shape. Oh, yeah. And it was like some of them were so heavy and short. You know, you you could tell that they're being picked on in school. You, you know they are. But yet and still, they come to practice drinking a soda or they're drinking some type of sweet something. And, and you and I would always tell them to lay off of that stuff. Right. And oh, they they thought that we were taking their refrigerator away. You remember they went crazy when we told them lay off of the sweets. Yeah, I can remember one of the kids told his mama he didn't like me anymore because I told him he couldn't eat a candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and an, another thing too, uh, so many it, it's a tradition in families that they eat and cook certain things, and they pass that on to their children, and they pass that on to their children. And when we go to the family reunions, and if you would just look at the food, it looks great, tastes great, but you feel terrible after you eat it. You ever you ever thought about that? Oh yeah. You, you know it? I yeah. I know in my family, you know I have uh, family from Georgia and I have family from the islands. Oh. So on one side, you might be eating some ribs, you know that 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 from a hog that was cooked in the ground. You know, and on the other side, you might be eating some chitlins, you know, and it's like, okay, that stuff is not necessarily the best stuff for you, you know, mm-hmm. or they'll have a, a a dish made up that's real heavy with sugar and heavy with, you know, that's with fattening pecan, food, that's pecan pie. and it's something that's a state like pecan pie. That's a pecan pie, yeah. 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 You know, but it's like, what, you know, how do you break the cycle? Because I'm not saying pecan pie is bad. But what I am saying is that Moderate. you eat so much of that stuff, at, you know, on a consistent basis, it packs those pounds on you, and you have a hard time losing those pounds because you have a hard time not eating those foods. Brian, how many people you know eat with you during these times, and the first thing that they'll say is, 
well, I shouldn't be eating this. I know my sugar's going to go up. Oh, boy. <laughs> you're playing with dynamite. Right. That's what you're doing. You're playing with dynamite. When you take those types of chances, it's almost it's almost like, Brian, when a person is drinking alcohol and they get sick afterwards, they have hangovers and all that stuff. You want to ask them, how would you drink or eat something that's going to make you feel terrible later? And you know what they tell you? Well, it felt good at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and now now they're in the hospital and they're talking about amputating one of their legs. Yes. That's the sad part. And, Brian, you have more young kids these days falling out and having heart attacks. Young kids. Yep. You know, Greg, my one of my grandfathers, is actually uh, diabetic, and he takes insulin daily. But if you put a plate of food in front of him, it doesn't matter what's on that plate. He's going to eat it. And he loves chocolate cake, vanilla cake, any kind of cake, lemon cake. He will eat cake, and he knows he's not supposed to have it. You know, and I'm thinking, I, and when I tell him, I say, Grand, you know, Granddaddy, you... You're insulin dependent. You're not supposed to eat that stuff. You have what what, what the old folks call you have sugar. Yeah, that's what <laughs> you know. Yeah. And he'll tell he'll tell you right away. I am 87 years old. I didn't live the whole time with it. And if it take me out tomorrow, so be it. Wow. You know, and and so sometimes they just have the attitude like you got to die from something. I think I think we need to really push, like she, like Miss Loring said, we really need to push health in schools. We really need to push health in the churches, and that's that's a wonderful thing. That and and she's right about the churches are now starting to give away vegetables and and have these healthy type. They're pushing that issue right now, and that's a wonderful thing. But Brian, I have a friend that eats donuts, the Krispy Kreme donut. Mm-hmm. The regular, the regular glazed ones. Mm-hmm. Brian, he eat those things. He buy those things by by does he buy a dozen at a time, and he eat the entire box. Wow! At one time, not hours later. Do you know how much sugar that is? Oh yeah. <laughs> Believe me, when I eat, when I do eat donuts, I can't eat more than two. I, if I eat a donut, it has to be the cake style without the icing. Right. Because, again, just like she said, that you're helping yourself to the graveyard. You're helping your children or your love or your wife or your parents or whoever. You're helping them to the graveyard. And then you say, well, my parents don't smoke. I wouldn't buy them cigarettes, but you're buying them sugar. Yeah, it's almost like, like the old saying, pick your poison. Yeah. And, and I yep. watch. Well, I watch people now. They're drinking the vitamin drinks. They're drinking the the uh, Gatorades. They're drinking all these other things. And if you just watch people, we we right now we we are in a society right now where a lot of the uh, older people are, are getting a little bit more health conscious. Would you say? I mean, you see them walking all the time here in Florida. We see people walking all the time. And you may be in an area where you can't really do that, but. You're gonna to have to do something because your life is at stake if you continue eating and doing the same things that you're doing. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny because every day on my lunch break, as I'm heading towards home, I work real close to my house, and uh, 
I can see the same people around the same area, depending on what time I leave, that are walking, and they do it consistently every single day. And I always said, wow, they are really working towards, you know, getting themselves, you know, and they, they have this healthy mindset, you know. But then you see the people who who never walk, who never exercise, who never do anything health-wise for their bodies. And they complain more than anybody. And then they'll say, oh, I don't feel good. Or, you know, oh, my goodness, what's going on? I I, I got this wrong with me. I got that wrong with me. And then you, you know, and you ask them, well, did, did you do this? No. Well, did you do that? No. Well, what do you expect? Yeah. It's going to, it will catch up with you at some point. It'll catch you. And the sad thing about it, well, the good, the, the, the wonderful thing about working out is you have to be disciplined. You really do. You have to be disciplined to get out there and do it. And I, once you start working out, you start feeling good. You start feeling great. And it, and I have a friend, she's going to kill me. She drinks Cokes every single morning. She has to have a 20-ounce Coke every morning, every single morning. And I told her, I said, well, you know what, just try this. Drink, replace that Coke with water every morning and see what happens. Lay off the Coke, try it for two weeks. She was feeling better. And she was also able to save money, too. She was oh, feeling yeah. better. Yeah, she was feeling <laughs> a lot. She wasn't as sluggish as she was before. So we have to look, take advantage of the time that we have on this earth to take care of our temple like Ms. Loring said, it's so important that we feel good, that we look good. Because when you feel good, you, you have this thing about you that you, you have a more confident side of you that shows. But when a person is sluggish and they're feeling bad, you can tell it the way that they dress too, Brian. Oh, yeah. You know, the one thing I've no- that I've found that when you drink water also mm-hmm. is that your skin will clear up. Yeah. So if you suffer from acne or, you know, a lot of the other skin disorders, you know, um, even with rosacea, sometimes if you drink more water, your skin will look clearer. And, Greg, I see we have a caller on the line. Let's go to this caller. Let's, let's finally, yeah, let's finally go to him. We we, we didn't do that before when Ms. Gloria, Ms. Loring was here. Um, mm-hmm. Guess please forgive us, but we only had a... a, a a short time with her, and we wanted to get as much out of her as we could. Yes, yes. But we'll go to the callers now. Caller from the 407 area code. Are you there? Yes, I am. Hello. Hello, Kim. How are you? It's Kimberly. Hey, Kimberly, how are you? I'm doing really well. Did you get a chance to hear Ms. Loring? No, I've only been on the line for a very few minutes, but I I was racing to get here because I went to church. <laughs> she was awesome. She was awesome. She she's at an event and she stayed on with us as long as she could. But she will be back on with us. We're going to reschedule her again because she had so much important information about uh, diabetes and and us taking care of our health and getting in shape and you know investing more in ourselves and just living uh, and and having fun. Uh, with life, that's what it's all about. Did you have a question or a comment? Well, yes, I do. Okay. Why is it that we have to convince ourselves and others the importance of health when this is only one life that we got to live that we know of? Mm-hmm. 
and it's just incredible because, like you said, I get I get motivated. I get on that track, and I start feeling good and looking good, and then, then all of a sudden, just out of the blue, I'm blindsided by old bad habits, mm-hmm. and they come back, and and then my my exercise routine is eroded away. And I'm back in a pit. And and, and, and I, I keep saying, why do I come to this wall? What, what is this complacency that I, I just keep lapsing into the same thing with, ex, with my exercise and in my diet? You know what it is? I'll, I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's the snicker bar syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> that snicker bar will keep calling your name. And he says, eat me. Eat me. <laughs> <laughs> All you of say, I don't want to eat you. No, you have to eat me. Yes, not only is it the I have bar. to fulfill my destiny. <laughs> <laughs> not only is it the Snicker Bar. Kim, let me ask you something. When you guys, when your families get together, is it, uh, you know, and everybody brings a dish or they cook or whatever, is it always just healthy food or is it the... It look, it's the good food, it's the good tasting food, but is it necessarily good for you? type of food. <laughs> Tell the oh, truth now. It's not a healthy food in the on the table. Wow. They might put a salad off some fruit. And the thing about that's so funny is that the salad and the fruit, people always put it on the plate and they enjoy it and they love it. But then they put you know, baked beans, you know, fried chicken, macaroni and cheese, you know, we just eat too many meals all together. Yeah. Because macaroni and cheese and a salad is a meal. People don't know that. Mm-hmm. They always take macaroni and cheese and put it with, with um, chicken and then baked beans. And it, and it's our whole concept of what foods go together. And collard greens go with it. Yeah. Cooked in fat. And the dressing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yes. And then, you know, with the baked beans, you got the sugar. You know, they put the brown sugar in it. They put the butter in it. That, you know what? I'm about to give away my recipe, so I'm not going to say that. But <laughs> you, put, you, know, you, you put all these different things in it, and then, and then everybody eats that stuff. You know, everybody's having fun before. Everybody's, you know, the family's running around. Everybody's doing a wonderful thing, but after they eat, they every everybody's just miserable. They're yeah. just lying around. The kids are doing the same thing. Even the dogs are just lying around in the yard because <laughs> they, yeah, they're eating the scraps from the table. Now he's full, and he's over there just laid out with his feet up in the air, and everybody's just, you know, all the all the fun and enthusiasm is gone. You know, Greg, and a lot of that is because when you have all that food in front of you. Your eyes and your stomach really don't talk to each other. <laughs> no, it don't. You know, your eyes say, you want that. And your stomach says, well, you know, there's only so much room here. So if you can get all of it in there that you want, that's great. They'll but, force it. They'll force it. And they'll force it. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, you, you know, don't believe so you a bowl of candy, a bowl of, uh, of candy in front of a kid, and they'll try to eat every piece. Yes. What's incredible, I find that if, 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 I don't need much. It's it's like after a few bites and of this and that and 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 drinking water behind it, I'm done. Only thing that keeps me going on is my mind. Well, what about this, Kim? You go to Burger King, they order a Whopper, they supersize it. When they get to the drink, give me a Diet Coke. 
<laughs> because the, the Diet Coke is a, 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 a elixir that he, that that cancels out everything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? That's, you know what? The thing about working out, once you make a commitment to do it, you feel so much better. Yes. But I, I think it's it's so much because of the work that you have to do. But if you don't do the work, you're doing damage to yourself by just sitting around eating, and you, you can't see your feet. That type of thing. And and it's just a miserable, miserable feeling. But once you get out there and you start working out, there's a whole it, it you walk into a whole different world when you join the gym and you start doing the exercises. And you don't have to always start out just like everybody else when you go to the gym. You don't have to start out in there with the stepping class and they're doing this or the or the biking class. You start out a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. But make sure you go see your physician first before you start that. Yes. Because you may, if you haven't worked out before, if you've been eating and just sitting around, you may be in bad shape and just not know it. You may be in danger of having a heart attack or, or something, and you just not know it. So, you know, I'll tell you, anyone, before you start doing any type of exercise or getting out there on a regular basis, go see your doctor first. Take care of yourself. And like I said before, you are your biggest investment. And Brian, I think you started doing it at one point, and yes, you, you know, lost a lot of weight. Yeah, and and then uh, let's just say I caught up with it. <laughs> no, uh, in all seriousness, you know, I, I had uh, I had issues with my health, and I started working out and eating differently, and you know, I was able to you know literally shed twenty pounds in less than five weeks. And I remember how good you said you felt. Oh, and I felt awesome. You know, I was able to sleep more. You know, it was just a whole plethora of things that I benefited from just by, you know, getting out and doing a little bit of exercise. Now, consequently, while I was working out, I overdid it a little bit and I pulled a a muscle. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's important also that when you are exercising, it is very important to stretch. Yes. When you you know before you exercise. And I think it was. I think I was on treadmill just running, and I decided I was going to go faster. And then I thought I was going to go a little faster. You got biggity with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so it's important that you stay with a steady. You know, you don't 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 overdo it. You know, so I, I've been off the treadmill for a little while. I'm I'm sort of still trying to get that thing to heal up right. <laughs> but you uh, know what? If you need motivation, go to the hot. Just walk through the hospital. Oh, yeah. You don't have to stop. Just walk through it. If that don't motivate you, then you, whew, you, you'll be up there next. Yeah, if, look, if it doesn't motivate you, you'll be motivation for somebody else. Yes, and and when you go in the hospital nowadays, it, it's no age discrimination with this thing. No. You see younger kids in there now that are hooked up to machines, and you ask the parent what happened. Heart attack, heart failure, leaking a leaking heart, blockage. The cholesterol level is sky high. Hmm. And this is the greatest country in the world. So and Kim, we still have, but you know, but the one thing I can truly say is that we still lack the, I, you know, the. We still lack the. The notion that. Everyone should be afforded the opportunity to live healthy. Yes, yes. You know, and 
sadly enough, it's it's been given to the rich, to the ones who can afford it, and you know, uh, oh, ha ha, very funny in the chat room. They said I'm just getting old. That's all old age, <laughs> you know. But in all seriousness, you know, I, I think that we really need to to push, you know. And Miss Loring said it best. There has been no nobody has ever did things in this country from the top down. It's always been a grassroots effort, people working from the bottom up to affect true change. And until we do that, you know, we can't we can't wait for the government to decide that, oh yeah, we're going to let y'all live healthy now, so we're going to do this. Because if they were going to do that, it would have been done already. Yeah. Because they've known that we've had health issues for, you know, for years now. And it's big money, it's big big money in a person not being healthy. Oh yes, absolutely. It's big money. And it's I want to huge ask, money. Yes. I wanted to ask Kim. So Kim, now that we've talked tonight, are you going to change your diet or are you going to start by walking or are you going to start running? I have. I've started um about 3 weeks ago, maybe more than that. Congratulations. Um over the past uh Maybe about five months I've been taking meat out of my diet, and I've been just eating meals, um, just rice and beans, mm-hmm. and a lot more, way more rice. And you know what's so amazing? That I put tuna and just been eating, like I said, rice and beans and, and fruits and vegetables. And the minute I had a, um, I had a burger the other day, Immediately, maybe 20 minutes, my stomach was griping like, oh, what did I do? I said, this is going to kill me. Yeah. I blamed it on McDonald's. I said, McDonald's, you ain't trying to kill me. <laughs> but it was just because I had pulled all that stuff out. Yeah. And right away, my stomach said, nope. And I could feel something. You know, it was and, just and that negative thoughts started creeping back in. I said, what is this with food and negative thoughts? It's like you allow demons or something inside of you when you're eating that wrong food. You don't. E- I, I don't even think the same when I'm eating junk food. Mm. It's no. incredible because when I'm exercising and I'm working and I'm doing the things I need to do, I don't have any room for for a lot of that negative stuff. The minute I start slowing down, having idle time, and eating that food, then all of a sudden the craziest thoughts, depression. Everything starts bombarding me, and I can't even think. I can't think clear. You know, I was going to say, um, when you start to eat heavy like that, it weighs down on your body. Mm-hmm. So if you've been eating like, if you've, had, if you've completely changed your diet, it's almost like, I'll give you a perfect example. It's almost like somebody who, who's drinking, like who's, who's drinking alcohol, and they just stop cold turkey, don't drink alcohol anymore, all they do is drink water. The minute they take a drink, it will immediately get them drunk because their body has gotten used to not drinking. You know, their body has gotten used to not having that alcohol, you know. And it's the same thing with food. Once you take yourself off of something that you've been on for a while, you know, your body's chemical makeup adjusts to that. So when you begin to eat that, your body still remembers what it is, but it, it said, oh, boy, i got to figure out how to handle this. So yeah. immediately it goes back and starts working the way that it used to so that it can accommodate for what you've decided to eat again. 
And that's true. That's so true. So, Kimberly? Yes. Are you are you promising that you're gonna stick with it? Yes. We're gonna Because now, now I know what it's doing. Now the now, world, you know, once I'm I'm conscious of it. Now, Kimberly, the world heard your declaration. <laughs> yes. So you can't take it back. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna check in with you from time to time to see how it's going. If and I can give up do? donuts, oh, Lord. <laughs> I gave up donuts. I haven't had donuts and um, going on maybe about, about half a year. <laughs> but, but Kimberly, why don't you just do a journal daily? You do a journal every day, right? Mm-hmm. You just do a journal. You may do a page and a half or two, whatever makes you, you know, whatever you're comfortable with writing. You start out doing a journal. You keep this journal for 30 days, right? Mm-hmm. You're probably going to have more than 30 pages. You'll probably have a lot of pages. And you tell how you felt that morning, how you felt that noon, and how you felt later that evening before you went to bed or whatever. And then the next morning get up and, you know, continue to do the same thing and write down everything that you, you've eaten for the day, right? Yes. By the end of three months, you'll have a book. Great. Hmm. There's your book. You know, Greg, it's funny you would say that because I used to actually journal what I would eat morning. You know, I would I would tailor my food, what I was eating, and then I would journal how I was eating, you know, and how I, you know, what my breakfast was, what my lunch was, what my dinner was. And this was when I was trying to get, you know, drop those 20 pounds. And, you know, it's amazing when you do that, if you really watch what, you, you know, if you really write down everything that you've eaten, you know, you'll notice that you that, you know, if you're not losing the weight, it's, it's because of what you're eating. You know, because I would write down, you know, hey, I had this for breakfast, this for lunch, and I ate this snack, oh, and then I ate that snack. And as I'm writing them down, I'm looking at this and saying, there's no way I'm going to lose this weight if I keep eating this stuff. Right. You know what, Brian, we, and, and I'll say this to anybody, you are what you allow to come inside of you, whether it's unhealthy foods, whether it's negative conversations from people, mm. no matter what it is, you are what you allow to come inside of you. You allow this, this, this fatty foods or the sugar or whatever it is that you're eating. If you change the way that you eat and if you change the conversation that you're having with people, stay away from the negative conversation or whatever, I guarantee you, you'll feel like a brand new person. Because it's the same thing with negativity and gossip and all this stuff. It weighs on you. It's causing you problems. But you have a lot of people out there that love to gossip. You have a lot of people out there that love to speak death or negativity in others' lives. And all of that stuff is, is causing you problems. You may say, well... How can gossip cause me any problems? Or how can negativity, negative talk, how, how how can that hurt me? Well, somebody's bringing it to you. How do you feel at the end of that conversation? Or why do you have to whisper? Or why do you have to keep it a secret of what you're saying? Hmm. Whole different ball game now. If what you, if you can't say something, what the old people used to say, Brian, if you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. <laughs> you know, Greg, I want to just emphasize about what we 
started off earlier in the show, it's so important to get checked to make sure that you don't have diabetes. You know, if you're experiencing, you know, any symptoms that cause, you know, you any problem, and, you know, read up on it. Because a lot of times, especially with our children, they have they go undiagnosed. Ms. Loring said, you know, she she met a lady after she um after she her son was diagnosed, they did a storyline about diabetes. You know, and about what happened with her son on uh days of our lives. And she said there was a caller that called, I mean there was a a, a viewer that contacted her and said this happened to my daughter, but my daughter died. Wow. She died in the emergency room. We thought she had the flu or something like that, and she had undiagnosed juvenile diabetes. You know, so it's so important to feed your children healthy foods, get them good exercise. When my kids, when I when I really got conscious about it, I bought my kids the video game where they could do the dance, dance revolution. So they get in there and they'll they'll move around. They'll dance for hours on the video game. What is the new thing they have? Is it a Wii? Yeah, and the Wii where you get up and you can swing. I mean, and I haven't bought that one yet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, I mean, they're actually using the. And it's funny you say that. They're actually using the Wii in nursing homes. Yes. Oh. Yes. It it it's a wonderful thing to have. And Brent, do, uh, what about the dancing, the stepping? Pad that's on the on the grounds they play the music and the kids are able. Yeah, to that's dance, dance dance revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you look crazy doing it. I, I <laughs> you know what? I have yet fun. to be able to keep up with that thing. But the kids can. <laughs> I tried it. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. I don't understand it. It looks like, you know, I'm watching a, a anime cartoon. <laughs> yeah. And so I said, you know what? Y'all can have that. I'll get on my treadmill. And you know what, Brian? A lot of this stuff can replace going to the movies, mm-hmm. spending three, four hundred dollars going to an NFL game or NBA game or Major League Baseball game or some type of big event like that. When you can have people over at your house, your family at your house, and you play the Wii game or you play some other type of physical or um, exercise or, or do something. But we 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 really need to take care of ourselves. Well, you just said it. We we don't get together anymore and have real fun, outside fun, walks in the park. You know, it, it, you know, we're tending to hide inside and 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 stay on the computer for hours and 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 watch television and just sit and just sit. I mean, it's like we're being promoted to just sit and and and, and waste our lives away. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I agree. And most of it is built because the media wants you to sit in the house so you can purchase what they have. Yes. You know, I mean, with the marketers, I won't say the media. I'll say that the marketers, you know, and, you know, I'm not going after them because you have that choice. You have that option to get out and do something, you know, to to better yourself and to better your health. Greg, we have about a minute left. I'm going to go ahead and close it out okay. by saying, you are what you allow to come inside of you. You are what you eat. Whether it's physical food, whether it's mental, spiritual, what have you, what you should do 
is to eat healthy. With that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Please join us Friday. We'll have another great show. Thank you, and God bless. Good night.